the football pod with Paddy and Andy. I signed with the Rod Squad in 2011, that summer. Uh, do you know what like, you hear? I signed at the back of a smoke pack. Roddy, I, w- I would say, is like the Irish Harry. Download the OTB Sports app and subscribe to the GAA podcast feed now. The OTB Podcast Network with Get Set Go. Car insurance is boring, but saving money bounces it into brilliance. Enter promo code SPORT and save €40 Euro off your car insurance with GetSetGo.ie. Football on Off The Ball. With Paddy Power. Fake crowd noise. The Emirates never sounded so good. Gamble responsibly. GamblingCare.ie. So Stephen Kenny finally has his first win as Republic of Ireland manager. It was a win that was expected against Andorra, but it was a win that didn't come easily. Ireland trailed by a goal to nil with 58 minutes gone before Troy Parrott stepped up at 19 years of age, took the game by the scruff of the neck and scored two great goals in the space of three minutes to turn the game in Ireland's favour. They kicked on, scored two more in the final six minutes of the game through Jason Knight and Daryl Horgan, but it was a Real struggle at times, particularly in that first hour of the game. Ireland struggled at the back, trying to play it out. They struggled from set pieces, really poor defending for that goal for Andorra through Mark Vales. And also didn't create a huge amount of chances until Andorra faded and just ran out of energy in the final half an hour of the game. We're going to talk a lot about that with John Giles. He's going to be with us all the way from 9 o'clock through until 10 o'clock. We'll reflect on the Champions League final as well. And also, we've been promising it for a couple of weeks, but we will get John Giles team of the season. So get your texts in, 53106, the text number, add off the ball on Twitter. Let's get some reaction then from Andorra and hear from the man of the match, two-goal hero, 19 years of age, Troy Parrott, spoke in the post-match press conference. Here he is on what he says was a dream come true. It feels amazing, to be fair. Um, Stuff you dream when you're growing up. Uh, The most important thing is the window and it's it's good to get that. To be fair, I think the lads felt like it needed something. It needed um, a spark from somewhere. And I seen the ball drop from a space in front of me, so I thought I'd just, I'd just go for it. And the ball ended up in the, in the back of the net. I think we can take confidence out of it. It's a win. I think you should always take confidence out of a win. And scoring four goals is, is also big for us. So I think we can take confidence, uh, confidence out of the game and bring into the next game. In my opinion, I think people should be excited. Um, Everyone's everyone's pushing each other in training. The older lads are helping helping the younger lads um, and trying to almost give them experience through through words. Um, I think people should be excited. Yeah, that is Troy Paris. Two goals tonight to turn the game on its head and he says he just grabbed it there. Uh, the first goal in particular, a real highlight for the Republic of Ireland and maybe it will be a turning point. 12 games in, finally a win. Stephen Kenny has one more opportunity against Hungary on Tuesday night to grow some confidence ahead of going to Portugal at the beginning of September for the Republic of Ireland's next World Cup qualifier. Here is what Stephen Kenny had to say, giving his thoughts on why Ireland struggled in the first half, but also why improved after the break uh, listen in in the in the last three games the last camp they played uh, sort of five two three uh system but they obviously went with a back four played four four sort of one one um and um you know i wouldn't say they bamboozled us we just our movement from our wide like jason knight is not a natural wide player i suppose and Ronan, we we didn't have that cohesive move between 
or midfield two, maybe a midfield two collect. They were dropping into areas too deep to receive it in the fullback areas, which sometimes can be very effective in controlling a game against really top class opposition, dropping into those positions and having to control the game. But against opposition that are sitting off you, it's not effective, you know. Um, we, we needed to get Josh and Connor in central areas and forward up the park and, and play good and size of passes into them and let them link with the with their attacking players in the way that they did in the second half. We knew that our best, you know, one of the ways because the way they defend, we could score off crosses potentially and um, obviously particularly from deep positions and Conor Hurahan, that was something that sort of worked on a lot this week and it was a great cross for Troy for the second goal and obviously the good quality crosses from Daryl for Jason's goal and for Jason himself and I suppose the second half and the first half, Jason Knight has not played on the right for a while, he played, he got six goals playing there the previous season for Derby, he's not played on the right a lot this year. So it's not as natural, necessarily as natural position, but the difference in him in the second and the first and second half is a big difference in performance. He's very wide in the first half, which is he needed to come narrower, influence the play and leave that corridor for, for Matt Doherty to stay in ground. He was too wide and taking up Matt's space. And we, you know, we needed him to come in and link the play. And he did that brilliantly in the second half. And, the thing about Jason that we know is that he's just got incredible stamina, the ability to speed repeatability, the ability to keep going, 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 going. And that's mm. as the game went on longer, the stronger he got. That's that, that's one of his strongest assets, you know. Yeah. So that is Stephen Kenny speaking in the last hour in his post-match press conference after finally getting his first victory as Republic of Ireland manager. John Giles is with us for the entire football show tonight. Evening, John. Evening, Nathan. Well, he got the win. It wasn't pretty, though. Uh, well, it was pretty enough in the second <laughs> half. I think you you, you uh, uh, mentioned it there. I think they got a bit tired, uh, to be honest, and daughter. And it wouldn't be taking anything away from the Irish lad. And I think that the uh, introduction of Horgan was very, very important. He made the goal, scored the goal, and gave, gave us that bit of uh, uh, trickery, if you want to call it, down, the, down one of the wings. Mm. And uh, uh, I, think, I, yeah, I think once they got tired, Nathan... We come into it well, played well, uh, probably finished the second, the first half well as well. Um, but a, a win is a win, and in the end, it was it was a good win. You know, the match has played over ninety minutes. For for a large part of the game, we didn't play very well at all, uh, but we got a grip of it then. Once once, uh, and, and and certainly uh, our man, uh, our goal scorer Parrot, yeah, Parrot, yeah. Made a difference. Mm. And he did something on his own to score the first goal, which opened up the game totally and came in well for the header then for the good ball from Hurahan. So he changed the game, in my opinion, for Ireland. And once we got on top, we were well on top and finished it off well. Would you not be concerned about the first 60 minutes then where Andorra went in front? Andorra, one of the real minnows of European football, that when they had the energy and most top-level teams would be able to keep it going for 90 minutes, that Ireland struggled to create a huge amount of chances and also didn't exactly look rock-solid at the back. No, but you, you, you can't take it, uh, you know, one match going like that to mm. the next match, if and buts about it, Nathan. You know, you have to take it on what it was. They, they certainly played better than we did. But, you know, to be fair to, to, to Stephen, you know, the, the lads haven't, most of the lads haven't played together as a team <clears throat> ever before. So, again, you're starting from scratch 
on a night like this. And, and uh, by the end of the game, it, it, it was good. You know, the, the game is played over 90 minutes, and you've got to take on that. There would be a little bit of worry if you go back over the goal. I'm sure Stephen will. And it, it was a very, very easy goal to give mm. away defensively, Nathan. You know, it was a free kick. And, uh, you know, people were seeing people running away from the ball and in the free kick. So that was a bad goal to give away. But again, you know, they came back in the and, and definitely uh, Pallet is, was, a, was a huge influence in, in finishing the match and winning the match 4-1. He got the goals at a time when it was really badly needed. And it's, it's nice to get the, 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 the third and fourth goal, particularly the fourth goal. Uh, but the first and second ones are the really important ones. Mm. Uh, uh, obviously, an awful lot of the conversation around Stephen Kenny's time is on the style of play, that he was brought in to almost revolutionise Irish football and that you made some very valid points I think around the time of the Luxembourg defeat that while Ireland might be trying to do something different that it's not effective at the moment that while it's more attractive it's simply not getting the job done are you seeing anything tonight that actually Ireland's style of play is more effective than it was the last time they went up a few months ago? Well, I must I must be honest and say no uh, Nathan you know we came into it in the second half but you know if you looked at the first half you, could, you probably said that they, they probably played better than we did. Mm. Uh, now, whether they're playing regularly as a team or not, I don't know. <clears throat> they only go on our team, and we, and we haven't played together for a long time. And, you know, the team has changed an awful lot. So you don't, you don't get it right straight away. And it, it, there's no doubt, as, as the game went on, uh, you know, the Irish team get, uh, get, got better. But, you know, goals dictate the game, Nathan. You know, they, they got, to, sorry, got in front. And it gives them a bit of a, a bit of a, a lift up. There's no doubt. But once we got in front, uh, you know, I thought we played very well. And I think Horgan was a big player along with Parrot in in the the, the finish of the game. Mm. I, I'd have Horgan in the team any time. I must say. Yeah, yeah. I think you've uh, you've made that point a few times. Um, mm. And he's probably been one of the the few players probably during Stephen Kenny's era so far who's come out of it with a lot of credit. Uh, every time he plays, he seems to make a, a little bit of an impact. On Troy Parrott then, and mm. at 19, he's had a, a tough season at club level, had a couple of loan spells, nothing quite worked out for him. Obviously, very highly regarded and a lot of expectation on him. Does Stephen Kenny now just need to capitalise on those couple of goals and the confidence that he's got and stick with him and trust oh, him? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if, if, if you, I, I don't really know him as a player. I haven't seen much of him mm. at all. And today is the first time I got a really good look at him. And, and I'd have to say, I don't know how he hasn't been in the team. You yeah, know, I think he's, he's, had, a few, he's had a few injuries as well. Uh, well, yeah, season, yeah, which but, didn't help but, him. Well, which is, which is, you know, I think he's, as you say, he's been out on loan. And uh, it, Mourinho didn't seem to like him anyway. So mm. it doesn't do a young lad any, any good when you have a manager who doesn't like you and he's putting you out on loan and you're going into a new club and they're doing different things. I, you know, it's, 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 it's not the best thing for lads to be going out on loan, Nathan. When you go back, I just change the subject, to go back and Harry Kane, Harry Kane was out on loan for about six or seven clubs. Yeah. You know, and it, it, it doesn't do you any good because all clubs have different ways of playing and the managers are different and you're on loan, you're trying to do your best, and then you come back and the manager's no confidence in you. Um, it's it's a it's a bad state for a young player to get into. So I think the the, the, the two goals that he scored tonight, I I can't see anybody that's better up front than him. Mm. Can you? Who 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 could be better up front than than him at the moment? Yeah, well, I, I suppose the options that aren't there are Aaron Connolly, Callum Robinson. But maybe again, they're not playing in the exact same position. And suddenly, if you had Paris Connolly and Robinson, you've got 
some sort of an attacking threat that didn't really look there at times tonight with a, a James Collins. Yeah, well, yeah, he, he, but, but you know, looking at Pilot like all good players, he can do things on his own. Like the first mm. goal, uh, uh, Nathan, there was nobody making it for him or laying it on for him. He had to get the ball, he had to go past the people, he had to finish it off. You know, I, I, I can't remember a striker that, that, that has those uh, uh, qualities playing in the last, what, two to three years anyway. So he has to be in the team. Definitely has to be in the team. Yeah. Uh, the confidence levels, I'm sure, were massively hit, particularly by the defeat against uh, Luxembourg, which was a bit of a low point. A win like that, even if it is against Andorra, do you think the atmosphere around the camp over the next few days before the friendly against Hungary is going to be very different than what it was over the last few days? Well, it'll be better than it was before the match, mm. Nathan. That's for sure. Now it's a question of approaching the next match and see how you do from there. But a win is a win, and it certainly does give you confidence. You know, uh, you know. I, I was glad I played football for a long time, and you get into a bad, bad stretch, and whether it was at Manchester or Leeds or West Brom, and it's hard to get out of it, you know, because the, the, the confidence goes. And then you get a win, and, it, and it's, 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 it's that type of game, Nathan, as you know. I mean, you've been watching football for a good while. You know, a win is a win. You get up there and, and, and uh, you're looking forward to the next match and you're, you're up a bit, definitely. Mm-hmm. It's, it, you know, they say confidence. How do you, how do you know confidence? What, what, what breeds confidence? It's winning matches. It doesn't matter what sort of a match it was today. It's a 4-1 win, right? Instead of it, it, like what it was looking at one stage when we won down. Total disaster. Right? You know, no to be looking forward to the next match. Yeah. The papers to be on, the manager to be under pressure to be all those things that go along with it. So, a win is, it win is, a, win is a win, and hopefully, then then you, you build on that for the next game. The next qualifier is away in Portugal in September, and we'll see how Portugal get on at the Euros. But we know the quality that they obviously have in their squad. <laughs> when you look at the players that are there, that are available, that that have played under the twelve games, are you concerned about the next couple of years? Um. Well, I, would, I wouldn't be concerned about it. I, mean, I wouldn't be over-optimistic, that's for sure. Yeah. But, the, but tonight is a start again. I, I mean, I said from the start, you know, Stephen needed at least eight matches. Mm. Right? At least eight matches, because you, you've got to give players a chance uh, to get to, to what you consider to be your right team. It takes a bit of time to do it, especially at international level, because you, you, you play a few matches and then you don't see each other for four or five weeks or six weeks, whatever it might be. So, you know, a win today is good, and hopefully now going into the next match, uh, you know, there'll be a lot to learn from today, but it'll be positives rather than negatives in, in Stephen's case. Yeah. So, we, you know, you just, nobody knows, uh, you just have, the next match is the next match, and you get out and you do your best, and hopefully you've learned, and I'm sure Stephen has learned, and that's not, was it nine matches he's played? I think it's 12 now. Oh, 12. Well, mm. then, that, that, he, should, he should definitely have a good idea now of what his best team is. And especially with Parrot coming into the team, I, I think he's on this match today alone. I, I haven't seen much of him before. I think he definitely looks our best forward yeah. since Stephen took over. Definitely. What about the midfield? I think Stephen Kenny said in his post-match interview he felt that they were far too deep in the first half, maybe inviting Andorra onto them a little, a little too much. Are you seeing a midfielder there at the moment who can control a game, who can set a tempo? Well, to be honest, there's not many of those around anywhere, hmm. Nathan. You know, whether yeah. it be England, Scotland, Wales, Ireland. Uh, you know, it's, it's just a question of, of getting the balance balance right in, in there with the players that you have at your disposal. I think I don't think we have 
uh, 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 have to mention him, Declan Rice, for example. In the don't don't the do it to yourself, John. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but that's uh, but uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mentioned Declan Rice because he's been outstanding. But we we don't have. Uh, I think a midfield player uh, that can get a grip of the game. Yeah. We just don't. So we have to get the best balance that we can in there and, and graft away. That's the way I see it. Yeah. So going back to style, and maybe we're spending too much time talking about style and the way that Ireland play. Do they need to go back to basics? Does he need to be maybe a little bit less ambitious? Because I think Stephen Kenny still talks still talks a good game, you know, still talks about what he wants the Irish players to do, the way he feels that they can play, that they can be progressive, that they can be attacking. Does he need to tone yep. that down a little bit and actually well, well, just get well, results? Well my, well, my take on it, Nathan, is no matter how, how you want the game to play or to play the game, mm. you, you, you can't, you know, so, sorry, I'm just getting mixed up here. You, you can't dictate how you want the game to be played if you don't have the players to do what you really want to do, it's the other way around. The players dictate how you're going to how the game is going to be played. They're the ones who are going on the pitch. And like, I'd love to say if I was manager, well, I'd, I'd like a you know a Liam Brady type. He can get out and hold mm. the ball and do this and that. Now we haven't got any of that, so you have to go. Uh, and I, I, with respect to, to Stephen, uh, you know, you have to. The players dictate how you're going to play rather than saying, well, this is the way we're going to play if the players can't do it. Yeah. And, 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 and I'd have to say, like, what, what I listen to Stephen, and I like Stephen a lot and I have great respect for him, uh, you know, I, I think it's get the players, see what I've got. And you, any manager can only, if it's, if it's uh, Manchester or anything, they, could, they can only play with a style or a way of playing and a system or plane, if you call it that, and sometimes I think that, that sort of uh, talk is a bit exaggerated, they can only do what they can do. You know, you can't say to our players now, I'll go out there and I want you to be our Liam Brady yeah. today. We don't have it, Nathan. So you have to go what you want. In other words, you, you can put the cart before the horse, you know, saying this is the way we want to play, which is great. You know, I mean, if I was manager team, I'd say, well, what, what I'd l- want to do and play is to get out, get on the ball, hold the ball, get, get, get possession of it, grow up, score goals. Right? I'd love to do that. Yeah. But I haven't got the players to do it. The players dictate, the players that you have at your disposal dictate how you're going to play. Was he a bit too bullish then when he was taking over the job? Because he would have quite often brought up the point that he, it frustrated him that previous Irish managers would have said we don't have the players that actually he felt Ireland did have the players they did have technical players who could do that who could pass it around who could dominate and control a game and maybe put too much stock in those young players at under 21 level coming through that really doesn't have any control over which we've seen over the last year that for all their promise a lot of them actually haven't played much first team football so he can't really pick them for a senior international squad when they're not playing for a club that maybe it's come back to bite him a little bit how confident he was of what these players could do. Well, I, I, I don't know if he was confident. He definitely believed in what he wanted, mm. that how the team should play, Nathan. You know, and, and uh, that, that, that's, that's positive, you know, and, and, and I'm sure. But you don't know... Uh, you know, you can have all these things in your head 
disrespect until the, till the players go on the pitch. You know? And, uh, I mean, in, in, uh, and I'm sure Stephen had the best, best intentions that this is the way we're going to play. You know? Yeah. But now, now you're coming up to the opposition. And the opposition have something to say about that. You know? Yeah. I find it hard to describe it, and, and, I, and I, don't, I don't want to be unkind to Stephen in any way. But definitely, uh, my, my, my opinion on football is, what, what squad have I got? What have I got at, this, at my disposal? And they dictate how you play. Now, uh, you might say, well, I want us to get on the ball. I want us to I want us to be players. I want to be positive. I want to be doing that. Can they do it, you see? And I think that's what Stephen's run into, uh, like with the matches that he's played. I yeah. think he had the best intentions. This is what we're going to do. Well, we didn't do it. So six, seven years ago when he's talking about, or even a decade ago, say when maybe Trapattoni was making comments like that, Trapattoni may have had the players who would have been able to do that if he'd wanted it to, but maybe Stephen Kenny doesn't have them right now. Well, that, that'd be, I think that's a, a good uh, summing up of that. I mean, I think uh, uh, what, I, what I saw of um, uh, Trapattoni was that, in my opinion, I think he thought, well, the Irish team... We don't have very good. In other words, he was making his mind up mm. how we were going to play before he gave them a chance to play. Yeah, and that was a negative. That was a negative, and, and I, I always felt with Trapp. I mean, Trapattoni was very good at what he did, and he was a great manager in terms of getting the team organised and doing. More. But there, there was a, there was a bit, there was more there. I think that I think he thought a small country. Uh, this is what we do, and this is where we're going to approach the match. You know. Sometimes you have to you have to approach the match in the way that you, you want to approach the match, and then see how it goes. In other words, don't have any preconceived ideas before you try the team out. I think Trapattoni had preconceived ideas. This is what we're going to play, and and and, and I think Stephen might have had preconceived ideas about how they were going to play before you saw them play or what you had at your disposal. John Giles is with us live on the football show this evening. He's going to be with us all the way till 10 o'clock. If you have any comments, get them in on 53106. All our football coverage is with thanks to Paddy Power. You can check out paddypower.com and also uh, check out gamblingcare.ie as well. Uh, let's turn to a different type of game, John. Uh, different type of quality, I think, last Saturday night in the Champions League final. Thomas Tuchel got one over on Pep Guardiola once again. A 1-0 win for Chelsea quite an impact Tuchel has had at Chelsea but most of the attention has been on Pep Guardiola and how it went so wrong for Manchester City and particularly on his team selection and the lack of a Fernandinho or a Rodri and how he seemed to go all out attack looking to crush Chelsea and and went away from everything that he'd done all season how surprised were you when you saw that Manchester City team I I was amazed actually I think Pep himself got it over on Pep hmm with the team that he picked, uh, Nathan. Oh, obviously, Tuchel did did, did his did his uh, did his stuff, but I, I was amazed. Uh, I, I couldn't believe it, to be quite honest. Have I mean, you, in any t- sorry, go on. So I was going to say, have you ever been or seen a similar scenario where a team plays a certain way is massively successful with that way for a large part of the season, have sort of a a system embedded, and then for the biggest occasion, make a radical change? Have you ever seen that happen? Have you ever seen it work? Um, I, I don't remember seeing it happening as drastic as this was, Nathan. And if it did happen, I, I could never, ever see it working. Mm. You know, it's, it's, you talk about common sense. You know, common sense is not so common at, at, at times. And, and, and I think in Pep's case, um, 
well, I, I, a touch of madness in it, to be quite honest. I couldn't, there was no logic to what he did. I mean, if you, like, the, 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 one of the, the, the big uh, statistics came from it, that um, uh, over 60 matches that they played in this year, uh, either Fernandez and Rodri played in 59 of them. Mm. Not, not always together, but at least one of them playing in 59 of the matches, right? And then he leaves the two of them out in a big match like this. See, what you have to do with football tonight, and we all have, you'd have the ideas in your head, like, like we were talking about there with any team that you take over. You have ideas in your head, but you, you can't fulfill those, those ideas, if that's the right thing, to, to, until you see it happen, right? Now, in, in Pep's place, yeah, situation last week, he did something in that match that he hasn't done all season. Yeah. Now, if you do that... God himself wouldn't know if this is going to work if you haven't tried it before. So it's madness to, to, to do what he did with, like, five, five forwards. Gundogan finished, to be the, finished up as the only midfield player in the, in the City team. Mm. And as you know in football, well, it's a common thing in football, you need balance. You know, you have to get the defence right, you've got to get the midfield right, you've got to get the forwards right. It's a balance all round. Now, you can't have a balance if you've got five players up the pitch, one in the middle of the pitch, on his own. Yeah. To be dominating. And that's what happened. So I don't know what was in his head. I did read something there in a week or two where he got somebody in from South America and he regarded them very, very highly. And he said, he, he could show me things that I never saw before on the pitch. I find that amazing. I find that amazing that anything, anything in football terms with, with people at Pep's position, Nathan, mm. there's, there's, there's no secrets in it. You right. know, you go back to common sense, right? And then you get, then you can get carried away. I remember years ago in my time, Malcolm Allison was, was the coach at Manchester City when they were very successful. Very, very successful. They won the league, the League Cup and the FA Cup and the Cup Winners Cup in, in, in three seasons. And he went away, he came back again. And he said, right, now, we're going to play now without a centre-forward. Now, this was, this was different in those days. You know? In other words, he wanted to get a system all the time yeah. that people could say, Jesus, I never thought of that. Yeah, yeah. Like, football is not made up of that. Like, if you're trying, trying a system, like, yeah, to work a system that he played in, in, in the Champions League last week, you have to see it for us, Nathan. You have to see. Does it work? That, it, again, you go back to common sense. How do you know what's going to, if it's going to work or not if you've never done it before? And that's what he did from the Champions League final. Neither Rodri or Ferrandinho. There was no balance to the team. And Chelsea, Chelsea totally uh, dominated them everywhere. How unsettling, everywhere. how unsettling would that be as a player? When let's not forget for these players, for a lot of them, it's the biggest game of their careers. That the night before the game or the day of the game, when the team has been announced, and suddenly you're having to do something that you've never done before in the biggest game of your life. Uh, you mean for the lads that did play? For the players who did play, that suddenly you're looking at this team thinking, "Well, we haven't tried this out." Um, I don't know how they feel, uh, Nathan, because they wouldn't know themselves. Mm. You see, and, and where, he, where he loaded the team actually was, was forward. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Had Mahrez, uh, uh, Bernard Silva, Foden, Sterling, uh, and and De, and De Bruyne, De Bruyne yeah. playing up front. Do you know what I mean? Like a lot of those, a lot of those players do play in that position, mm. but not all together at that, with, with no balance in the team. I mean, Gunnigan was the only midfield player they had, and he's not brilliant at knitting things together. Mind you, you'd want to have some midfield player to be able to compete, which it had to, which they had to compete with the midfield players that um, uh, Chelsea had, mm. especially Kante. I mean, Kante dominated the game. And he's a great player. I know we, we, I, mean, I love Kante. He's terrific. But, but he had it all to himself, Nathan. Yeah. Does it, like, that bit of madness that was there from Guardiola, do you, He's achieved so much. They've won the title comfortably again this season. Does yeah. it make you reassess him as a coach? Well, he's been very, very successful, uh, Nathan. I, I, I would be surprised at what he did. Very, very surprised at what he did, right, uh, for that particular match. Because mm. I've never seen him do anything like that before. That's what I can't understand. Unless he was influenced. I did. I said, I read the paper last week where he brought somebody in, I think last year, only last year, and he really rates this guy, you know? And, and it, maybe this guy came up with this look. Because you get a lot of people in football, Nathan, who are looking for the dream yeah. without the realities. In other words, this is what we do. I've seen it plenty of times before but from bad managers who say, this is how we're going to approach the game today. I've heard so many stupid things over the years that this is what we're going to do. Until somebody says to me, well, what about the opposition? What are they going to do? I've seen crazy things before. I didn't expect it from Pep because he's been so successful doing what he's doing. Again, I'd go back to, you know, I've never seen him pick a team like this before with no midfield, really. No midfield. He had Rodri and, and, and Ferrandino, and instead of that, he had two wingers instead. Yeah. There's no balance to it. I've never seen him. I've seen him do things before. Uh, when he was at, 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 in Germany, where he had the left back, who was a terrific player, German international, sort of playing in midfield. Yeah, played Philipp Lahm in midfield, yeah. Yeah. You know, like I, I, he has tried things like this before, but not as drastic as he did in the cup, in the, the Champions League final last, last week. Nowhere near. Yeah. Nowhere near. It just, it just couldn't make sense. Now, and as we know in football, the basis of is a good goalkeeper, you know, a good defence a good mid- midfield and a good forward line. But when you have no midfield, how does it all happen? Yeah. And that's what happened. They no midfield at all, Nathan. Again, I go back and you Bernard, uh, Silva, Mares, Sterling, Foden, and then De Bruyne in, in, in front of them. And it so, did it, it, it did obviously play into Chelsea's hands. Just briefly oh. then on Chelsea before we go to ads, because they did win us. Oh, and Chelsea, we, were, Chelsea were brilliant. Chelsea, little Kante in the middle yeah. of the field. They dominated the middle field because there was nobody there. And, and there was two really, really important players. The two full-backs were brilliant. Chilwell you know, and James. James. Once they put, put Mares and Sterling out of the game, the, the only way that they, they could do anything, City, and get past him was the, was the wingers beating the full-backs. And they never beat them once. Yeah. They never beat them once. So Chelsea would Chelsea well deserved to win the match, I think. Well deserved to win it. It was a it was a huge mistake from Pep and I'm I'm amazed at him doing it. Uh, quite a transformation under Tuchel. Oh yeah, I think he's he's he's, he's um he's a no nonsense guy, I think, mm. Nathan. I'd say he's the type of lad that um as as a player you wouldn't love him. Mm. But there again, most of the managers that I've ever known that were successful, Nathan had that 
steel in them, including Mapplesby, who was a gentleman in, in, in his ways. But if you go back over the years, Mourinho, Ferguson, Klopp, I mean, are these, are these, these, these are not guys you want to be taken on, mate. Yeah. You know, yeah. these, there's, there's a fright, you know, scareness about these guys. And I, I think Tuchel has that in a big way. But in the right way, in, in, I mean, it's, it's good for a manager to have that as long as he's doing the right things, Nathan. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I think he does. I think, he, I think he's the real McCoy, definitely. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. John Giles is live with us this evening. 53106 is the text number. Uh, John is going to name his team of the season uh, right after this. It is the definitive list, so you can't complain about it. we just got to go along with it. He's going to run through his 1-11 to in just a moment. Football on Off The Ball. With Paddy Power. Fake crowd noise. The Emirates never sounded so good. Gamble responsibly. Gamblingcare.ie Welcome back, Thursday's football show. Nathan with you this evening. And John Giles is with us for the full hour as well. We've already looked back on the Republic of Ireland's win over Andorra and the Champions League final as well. So if you missed that, the podcast will be up straight after the show. But we've been threatening you with this for the last couple of weeks and we're finally ready for it. It is John Giles, team of the season. You put a lot of thought into it, John, uh, over the last couple of weeks. We had your manager of the season. We had your player of the season. And now we get to your team of the season. So, yeah. uh, and, and if we have time, Nate, we'll, I'll do what I did last, last year when we were doing it. And give special mentions afterwards. Perfect, perfect. It brings, okay. it, it, it brings me back nostalgically to the start of the first <laughs> lockdown, a place we never want to go again uh, when we had those brilliant uh, teams, which are all up online, by the way, because I know people still love listening to them. Uh, so this is more current. This is your uh, yeah, yeah. current well, team of the season. If I had more time this week, I would have gone through it. We could, we could have done it the way we did it last year. But anyway, we'll, we'll do the best. And what, what I'll say, uh, Nathan, on this, these are lads, I think, over the season... Uh, and the, the Champions League, uh, despite the fact that City didn't win it, they have a couple of a uh, few City players yeah. in it, you know. But because it, that was one match over this, uh, compared to the whole season. But anyway, I'll, I'll have a go at it, and people will, will, will agree with some and not agree with others. But anyway, who's in goal? I've got a goalkeeper. I've got uh, Schmeichel. Right. I've got Schmeichel. What do you like about Casper Schmeichel? I think he's. I think he's a brilliant goalkeeper. Uh, and playing with Leicester, obviously he doesn't play as many big matches as uh, you know uh, the City goalkeeper mm. and 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 and, so, and and some of the other goalkeepers. I just think he's, he's got better as he got older. In the, I know he made a mistake last week, but I think he's, he's been a huge player for uh, for Leicester. And, he, and and playing for Leicester, he has to make more saves than if you're playing for Manchester City. Or Manchester United and, and most of the other teams, in my opinion. Mm. He uh, he seems like a real leader in that squad as well. We commentated on one of their matches, and obviously with no crowds, you could hear the players, and all you could hear while Leicester was were playing was Casper Schmeichel shouting yeah. for the full ninety minutes at his defenders, at his midfielders, ordering everyone around the pitch. He, he seems to very much like his father, I guess, bring that side of the game as well. Yeah, and uh, well, in his early days, I, I, I remember watching him play. I, I think he played for Leeds for a while in Manchester. Mm. Didn't fancy him at all, uh, right. but he matured like most goal, most goalkeepers do. Get get to get to get to their best when they're about twenty four, twenty five, uh, and I think that's what happened to him. You know, he dominates. He dominates the goal. I think he's uh, he, he's been terrific, and and the two two keepers to back him up mentioned yep. Edison from City and Mick Pope from Burnley. Okay, both 
pretty good seasons as well. Uh, as you say, Ederson has a very different job to do to pretty much every other yes. goalkeeper. Yes, definitely. I mean, he, he, the, the thing is, what he does, he does extremely well. Obviously, uh, Nathan Ralsey wouldn't mm. be there. And he doesn't get as much to do as, as most of the other players uh, anyway. But, um, but I think he's, he's, he's a top-notch, top-notch so, guy. So, on to your defence. I've gone it right back, and I've gone for ailing yeah. from Leeds. We, we, we discussed this a couple of weeks ago, because I was getting a lot of stick for having him in my team of the year. Uh, but he's just been exceptional. For the way Leeds play every player, so much, Bielsa expects so much out of all of them, and particularly his full-backs. Yeah, he, he always does. He always does the right thing. Nathan. Mm. When he's defending, he does the right thing. When he's getting forward, he's the right thing. Now he's 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 it leads it. I mean, they're a very exciting team to watch, and he's one of the main uh, players in that particular way. Uh, and I think I said to you before, as far as Leeds is going, I have to watch the way they get from back to front so quickly. Mm. And I still haven't made out how they do it. But Ailing is a big part of it. You know, when he has to defend, he defends well. Uh, but when he gets go- going forward as well, he's, he's exceptionally good. So I'd go for... Um, it's it's incredible as well when you look at so much of that Leeds team. Like Ailing it's his first ever season in the Premier League, spent a lot of his career in League One and in the Championship. How Bielsa has been able to make those players comfortable at that level? Oh, he's, he's amazing. He's amazing. I, I think I might have said to you before, uh, Nathan, again, for what it's worth, if, if I were Manchester United, I'd go for D, uh, Bielsa tomorrow. Yeah. Because if, if he can do what he's done with those Leeds players, and he hasn't spent much money or anything, I'm just saying, imagine what he could do, hmm. could do with, with uh, Maguire and, and Fernandes and, and all these terrific players that Manchester United have. But anyway, that's only my opinion, but uh, the Leeds supporters won't like that. hear me saying that. But <laughs> no, I think no. Ailing has been, been, uh, been excellent. Who else he got? Uh, well, for, uh, yeah, for mentions, I've got Kyle Walker from City yeah. and James from Chelsea. Yeah, very, I think both, very of, good both of them have final. been outstanding and uh, people might say now what about Alexander especially Liverpool supporters I think Alexander is the, the most brilliant player going forward Nathan mm. but I don't, I don't think he's a good defender and, and I'd be a bit old fashioned I want to see the defenders uh, full backs defending first and then being good forward and, and, and I don't see that he's a terrific player he's, he's absolutely brilliant using the ball going forward but um, not not so good defensively. Yeah, real shame actually. Just this evening, it's been confirmed he's out of Euro twenty twenty. Picked up an injury uh, last night, yeah. so Alexander Arnold's going to be out for the next six weeks. And we'll yeah, well, that, that's very sad. Mm. I think he's a good lad. Uh, yeah, it seems to be. it's just it's just my take on it. And uh, uh, you know, they, they, they have a lot of a lot of good. Uh, he, was, he was he was one of five backs, wasn't he? A four backs that was picked for yeah. the for the um, for the, the, the competition coming up now. So oh, who, he's, he's, he's excellent. Who, who, who anyway, else have you got at the back? Else, uh, I've got uh, Diaz yeah. in, in the centre of defence, which is, which is no surprise. I think he's had a great season. Uh, and I've gone with Stones as well, who's had a terrific season for, uh, for, for Manchester City as well. And uh, I've got my special mentions as obviously Harry Maguire yeah. and Connor Cody from Liverpool as the central defenders. From, well, Liverpool special born mentions. from Wolves, yeah. Connor Cody in there as well. Uh, jo- John Stones. Sorry, like, he was, I say Liverpool, not Liverpool. Sorry, he's sorry. very much a Liverpool lad, though. Liverpool uh, lad, Connor yeah, Cody. Yeah, sorry, for sure. yeah. uh, sorry about that. John, yeah, John, yeah. As you say, Ruben Diaz, I think, was in everybody's team of the year and could well be player of the year. Uh, John Stones, sort of written off before this season, even at £50 million, really struggled to establish himself. What was it about him this season that means he's in your team of the year? 
well, he had a disaster up to this year, mm. uh, uh, Nathan, giving goals away very, very easily. I, I, I think only I've only seen him uh, slip up once this year. He was he was the stones that we saw the the, the, the promising player that played for uh, Everton for a few seasons, Nathan. Now yeah. he was a really important member of the City team. Uh, I know they made a mess of the world, but they went on to win the league well and won it by uh, loads of points in the end. So they were very, very consistent in that position and gave very, very few goals away. What about your left back? Uh, I've gone for Shaw. Yeah, Luke Shaw, Manchester United. Luke Shaw. Very like, solid. Luke Shaw. Yeah, I think he's had a really, really good season. Uh, you know, consider the times he had under Mourinho. I think mm. he, he, he nearly ruined him. Um, but he's come back well. He's gone forward. He uses the ball well. He's very, very, very good. And two two players that I give special yep. mention to Ben Chilwell from Chelsea. I think is terrific. And of course Andy Robertson from Liverpool. Yeah, another solid season for him. Yeah. Uh, what about midfield then? Midfield, I'll give you. I'll give you the four. Yep. I'm going four across midfield. I've gone for Declan Rice. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Phillips. Yeah. Jack Grealish. Yeah. Um, you're, bre- sorry, you're, you're, break, sorry, you're breaking sorry, our sorry, heart, sorry. You're breaking no, no, our no, hearts with Rice and no, Grealish in no, this, John. No, no, sorry, Nathan. They're my special mentions. Okay. I've, I've, I'm looking at the top of the middle of the page. Sorry. <laughs> my, 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 uh, my, my forward across the middle yeah. are, are Fernandez, yeah. Kante, De Bruyne, and Mount. Right. Uh, there was obviously a lot of um, competition there because those players you mentioned, Rice, Phillips, Grealish, have all had exceptional yeah. seasons. Uh, Mason, well, I've done Ma- a special mention on them before mm. I put the horse before the cart. Anyway, exactly, there. that's fine. That's fine. Uh, Mason Mount is one of any amount of brilliantly talented young English players who've come through over the last couple of seasons. Uh, there were questions about him, particularly around the time Lampard was sacked and Tuchel was coming in. I think Tuchel left him out of his first team and maybe. Uh, he was the favourite child by Frank Lampard and was overrated. You clearly don't feel that way. No, and I don't think I don't think think Tuchel does now. Mm. Like so, like, like all new managers when you come in, Nathan, you don't you don't know the players, you know. And obviously, you got to pick teams. And he let, he did leave him out of a few teams, but when he saw him, I, I, I think he, play, he played Kante out of position yeah. early on as well. You know, so that, that's what it takes managers eight to ten, ten, twelve matches to realise. Now, this this is the, you don't see him leaving them out now, mm. and you don't see you don't see him leaving Kante out now because he realises he knows the game. Say, no, these, these are guys. That's what happens when you go in as a manager. Nate. There's some players you have preconceived ideas, and I found out when I went to West Brom. I played against them for ten years, and there was there was at least four lads. That I thought, God, he's worse than I thought he thought mm. he was. And there's four better than I thought they were. You don't, you don't know them, you know. It's like getting married, Nathan. <laughs> Careful now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's yeah. That's, so, so I can, I can understand that. That's why I think Tuchel is good. He gave, he, he gave everybody a chance, yeah. and then decided, okay, that's my best team. It, take, it takes that amount of matches, eight to ten matches, and you really get to know them. I mean, look at Kante now. I mean, he wouldn't leave him out of the team or Mount, for that matter. Uh, no. In terms of Mount's best position, is it is it just there off the striker, or where, where do you see him ending up? I, I think I think he could play as as a genuine midfield player, right. and I think he could play also as a genuine forward player, striker, just behind the just behind the, the strikers. 
He's very quick, and he's, he's, he's got one thing that you don't see many nowadays, Nate. He can carry the ball well mm. and go past people. And not just that, he does pick the palm. I mean, the pass he picked out last week in the Champions League final was yeah, brilliant. top class. Brilliant. Uh, De Bruyne, you have in there, I, I know he's a player at times that maybe frustrates you, and his attitude um, can, yeah, I'm, I'm, can yeah, annoy I'm you. Not a you... Huge, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of his, Nate, yeah. to be honest. I think for City this year, I think he's a very, very talented lad. And over the season, I think he contributed a lot to, um, uh, to City's success in, in the league and, 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 and all those matches. So I'd put him in as an influential member of a team that ran away with the league and won the League Cup and reached the, the, the Champions League final and that. I put him in for that. But I, I don't go, I, I'm not a, a fan in some of the. Uh, People on the telly where he's saying he's the best uh, midfield player in Europe. I don't see that. I don't see that. I think he's one of the most talented players I've seen, but I don't. I, a lot of times, I don't like his attitude. Yeah. And you compare that to, to, to Kante, for example. You know, Kante do what can't do, what De Bruyne can do, but he does everything he possibly can for the benefit of the team. We better get your two strikers, John. Who have you gone yeah, for? I, I've got I've gone for Harry Kane, yeah, and Salah, okay, from Liverpool. So the the top two scorers. Uh, Salah's one of the. It's a strange one. Often when you talk to Liverpool supporters, they feel that you know Mane and Firmino were the two crucial ones. The on scene work of Firmino and, and Mane's tenacity, and, and despite Salah's unbelievable goal record, sometimes it goes unappreciated. Well, well, I I, I can understand that as well, uh, Nathan, but. You know, if you look at the two players they mentioned, you mentioned, they weren't scoring any goals at all this yeah. year. In the goal score, I mean, it, Salah was up there with the highest in a team in a team that was doing badly. Normally, with somebody, the, the 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 sunshine boys are the boys who who scored a lot of goals when the team scored a lot of goals. You know, he wasn't a sunshine boy. He was scoring goals when when they really needed it, especially in the run in there to finish to finish in a, in a Champions League place. He really did his stuff. I must say, now I doubted him early on in the season. I didn't think he was having a go. Yeah. But if you look at his goal scoring record on its own, I mean, it's phenomenal in a team that what did, that didn't until the last what six or seven matches were having a terrible time. Mm. So Mo Salah alongside Harry Kane, top scorer in the league. It seems tonight that Antonio Conte is on the verge of being confirmed as the new Tottenham manager. Maybe that will have an impact uh, on whether Harry Kane stays or not, because I guess wherever he goes. If he goes, John, you're looking at that team as title contenders. He's that good. Oh yeah, I think I think he's, he's become more class, Harry Kane. And I think if I were that manager of any of the teams, well, apart from Liverpool and Manchester City, I'd be chasing Conte now. Right. His, his record is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's just won the league in, in, in Italy, beating Juventus for the first time in ten years or something. When he was at Chelsea, he won the league in the first year and the cup in the second year. Yeah. Do you think it'll have an impact on whether Kane stays? No. Right. No, no. I I think think Kane has made up his mind, uh, uh, Nathan, and and, uh, I I don't think so. I really don't. I think he's made up his mind. And I mean, even with Conte coming there, there's no guarantee, despite his record, especially dealing uh, with Mr. Levy at Spurs. I think Mr. Levy will break Conte's heart. Hmm. That's, yeah. that's, that, that's, that's, that's what I think. But, um, I mean, he, he, he's, I think he's been obviously 
if you look at his record, didn't he win the, the title a few times at Juventus? Yeah, he did, yeah, yeah. And obviously came and won the title with Chelsea as well, so... Chelsea as well. Everywhere he's, he's gone, there's there. been success, so... You know, he's been, he's been, he's, I think he's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. But, um, no, I, 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 I'd be very surprised if he um, makes uh, or, or gets Harry to stay. All right. John, great stuff. Uh, worth waiting for. Schmeichel, Ailing, Diaz, Stones, Shaw, Fernandez, Kante, De Bruyne, Mount, Kane, Salah is John Giles' team of the season. Uh, John, brilliant to have you with us for the hour tonight. We'll talk to you again next Thursday. We'll yeah. be on the eve of Euro 2020. And we'll have another hour match to look back on as well. We'll talk to you then. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Nathan. Cheers, John. Football on Off the Ball with Paddy Power. Fake crowd noise. The Emirates never sounded so good. Gamble responsibly. Gamblingcare.ie. The OTB Podcast Network with Get Set Go. Car insurance is boring, but saving money bounces it into brilliance. Enter promo code SPORT and save 40 euro off your car insurance with Get Set Go.ie.